Let's it fly. Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. That's right, that's right. It is another edition here of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name, as always, is Troy Moriello. I am your host today, bringing you up to date and up to speed on everything St. John's basketball related. We're back for another edition here. Another quiet week. I would say for St. John's, although the games were not as uh, you know laughable and easygoing as we thought they would they would be, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. But a quieter week here for St. John's basketball for the Red Storm and for this podcast here. St. John's though is at nine and zero on the season now with wins this week over Mount St. Mary's and Princeton on Sunday. We're going to get into that a little bit. We've actually got a big show for you today. Uh, I'm going to open up here. We're going to talk a little bit about some recent developments earlier today. We're going to get into a little bit of a Princeton game recap, the last week kind of recap with our guy John Cavanaugh. He is of Big East basketballbreakdown.com we have a little bit of a relationship with those guys over there you'll remember we had uh, Nick Bello on who does photos and writes a little bit for them over there as well we had him on a couple weeks ago we were actually having the founder now of that site uh, John Cavanaugh on he does a great job over there works a little bit with the torch at St. John's University as well he'll be a great guest that's coming up in a few minutes for you But for now, I want to give my quick take here on the AP poll that uh, was released earlier today, yesterday, uh, by the time that this goes out there on this uh, special Tuesday edition, one day earlier of the Seeing Red than its usual Wednesday release date. But the AP poll, St. John's comes in at number 30 despite the 9-0 record overall this season. One of nine unbeaten teams, and eight of those nine unbeaten teams are ranked. Unfortunately, we are the one that uh, gets left out of the dance there and uh, is a couple spots shy of getting into the AP poll. To be honest with you, though, I'm not terribly surprised. Uh, I was hopeful, for sure. I was hopeful that uh, that St. John's would find their way into that top 25, maybe that 24 or uh, 25 thing. I did that classic thing where you know you're scrolling on the page and you like scroll in little increments to like slowly reveal the logos. And uh, when it got to number 25, and I didn't see that uh, SJ logo, I was like, damn. All right, well maybe next week, but unfortunately, probably not next week. I uh, I think this is a clear. Uh, statement, I guess you can say from the AP voters that it's not going to happen for St. John's in non-conference play. They're likely going to go into Big East play on December 29th, an unranked team, hopefully a 12-0 team, but an unranked team. I think that the voters have said now there's really nothing they can do more in their non-conference. Obviously, there's nothing more they can do at 9-0 right now. And with these three games coming up, I think the voters have said, uh, you know, through their votes, really, that there's nothing that St. John's can do to find themselves moving up five more spots in these next two weeks with three games against three opponents that they should beat and should beat handily, which hasn't really been the case this year. And I think if you're looking for a reason as to why St. John's finds themselves outside of the top 25 right now, a few spots outside of the top 25 and not terribly close to the top 25 right now, it is 
because of that right there. When you're playing games, you're winning these games. You're doing what you're supposed to do at the end of the day, but it's not looking all that impressive. You know, uh, wins over Mount St. Mary's and Princeton, it's it's hard to make those look impressive, I think, because you're expected to win those games by 15, 20, 25 points, especially against Mount St. Mary's, who came in winless in that game. And when you kind of struggle and when you take some hits and when you don't look like you're improving too much on the defensive end against the three ball, all those things, the voters notice. You know, if we notice them as fans, the voters notice them as well. Maybe I'm giving a little bit too much credit to some of these top 25 voters who probably don't watch as much basketball or at least don't follow this team as closely as we do. But at the end of the day, I think the perception matters. And right now, the perception, unfortunately, of St. John's is a team that is 9-0. That's a pretty hollow 9-0. And when you look at the other unbeatens, you look at the other eight unbeaten teams that are ranked right now, all of them either have that quality win or are, you know, clearly a quality team. Look at number one, Kansas. You know, Kansas is obviously going to be ranked. Michigan's the same way. Virginia's the same way. Nevada's the same way. Texas Tech has a, you know, has a big game coming up against Duke. And Texas Tech has looked good this year. They've beaten USC. They've beaten Nebraska. They've beaten Memphis. So they've won a couple games that you say, you know, they deserve to be there. And obviously they're number 11 right now. Buffalo at 9-0. They upset West Virginia to open up the season. And that got them on the map. Uh, you look at Furman upset Villanova. Whether or not Furman should be the 23rd ranked team in the country, I don't know. But they upset Villanova and they got in there. Houston, they knocked off Oregon, who was ranked, I think, uh, 15th or 16th or 18th at the time. They knocked off Oregon. That got them on the map. All these teams that, you know weren't the traditional powerhouses that are still unbeaten and that find themselves ranked have that signature win. And right now, unfortunately, St. John's just doesn't have that signature win. And they don't really have that impressive win that, you know, voters can say, hey, this is a top 25 team. You know, they they frankly have not looked like a top 25 team through really many, if any, of their games this season. I think the Rutgers game, you could say that's a, that's the mark of a top 25 team going into a tough environment, uh, you know, quote-unquote rival against, you know, a uh, tri-state rival, I guess you can call it, and blowing them out. But what other game, as you know, if you're being an unbiased fan here, would you say that looked like a top 25 team? You know, you, top 25 teams don't usually need 16-point uh, comebacks against Georgia Tech top 25 teams don't struggle to pull away from Mount St. Mary's top 25 teams don't let uh, an 18 or 19 point lead against Princeton fall back down to six and have it kind of become a dogfight later in that game that's just not the mark of a top 25 team and it's unfortunate to say but that's just kind of how it is at this point unfortunately it doesn't look like St. John's is going to be ranked but they have a chance to prove themselves take care of business these next three games don't do anything terrible don't ruin your season with a terrible loss in one of these next three games over the next couple of weeks go into uh the prudential center on december 29th and make your statement show why you're a top 25 team i hope you know we've seen a couple things now this season we've seen a couple games we've been talking about that the last couple weeks how this is kind of a different feel this season a couple of these games that felt like they should have been losses they would have been losses in past years turned out to be wins this can be another example of that. Let's see if this team, you know, takes that momentum, that us against the world mentality and that momentum of, hey, we're the only unbeaten team. I hope I hope Chris Mullen is paying attention to these AP polls. Maybe he's paying attention to this podcast a little bit because he's playing uh, some of that bench a little bit more. Gave Greg Williams a start yesterday, but he only played him six minutes. At least gave him a start, though. Um, but, you know, I hope Chris Mullen tells this team, hey, 
There's nine unbeaten teams in the country right now. Eight of them are ranked. You're the only one that's not ranked. I hope that he uses that as motivation and this team uses that as motivation to maybe show out a little bit in these next three games. You know, get some easy wins. Dominate these teams from the start. Don't fall asleep on defense. Don't fall asleep for parts of the first half or sleepwalk through the first half. Go out and dominate these three teams. Roll into, the, roll into the Prudential Center and dominate Seton Hall or beat Seton Hall up and get ranked. And I think that that's something that they can use as momentum, as motivation going forward, which is kind of something that they haven't had. The only, I think, other time that they felt like it was us against the world was that run against Duke and Villanova last year when no one thought that they were going to win those games. All of a sudden, they come out and win those games. So, so let's see if they can kind of build off of that again and use it to par- parlay that into a top 25 ranking at this time you know next month you know January 10th maybe we'll be talking and St. John's will be ranked don't hold me to that though but yeah that's just my take on uh, today's events or you know yesterday's events depending on when you end up listening to this thing we want to thank you all for listening as always Uh, we're going to get to our interview now we've got John Cavanaugh as I said of Big East Basketball Breakdown he's going to break down A little bit of that Princeton game from yesterday, the St. John's win over Princeton, although it wasn't all too impressive, the 89-74 win for St. John's. We're going to kind of get into it a little bit with him. We're going to let him talk a little bit about his website, uh, what he hopes that to become, if any writers want to join that website. I've had a chance to check it out a little bit. I like it a lot. So uh, John will kind of sell you on that if you're uh, looking to get into sports writing on the Big East and on St. John's or any of the Big East teams. So that's coming up. We hope you enjoy that. I'll be uh, on the other end of the interview to take us home for the week. Hope you guys enjoy it. Okay, we've got our guest here today. He is John Cavanaugh. He is of Big East BasketballBreakdown.com. As I said, they're doing a great job over there covering St. John's, covering the Big East as a whole. They've done uh, some cool photos, some cool interviews, some cool game breakdowns, things like that. So uh, check them out if you haven't already. But, John, thank you for joining us, man. Uh, How's it going tonight? It's going good. Thanks for having me, Troy. Uh, Enjoying Big East basketball as always. Very exciting and uh, always exciting when St. John's is in the thick of things and 9-0 is certainly... uh Certainly exciting time in Queens. Exactly. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that later. I think that's a very, uh, a very frustrating nine and zero, or very, uh, you know, contentious nine and zero. But first, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the website that you guys have started over there at Big East Basketball Breakdown. Why don't you tell me uh, what was the inspiration for starting it, how it's going, and uh, you know, if you want to give a little bit of a pitch to uh, some new writers, uh, what would you say there? Yeah, uh, that'd be great. So, yeah, we started it about a last about a year ago, and I just had this idea where I loved going to, you know, I, I'm a student at St. John's still. I'm in my last year there, but um, I love going to the games. Uh, I've had some experience covering the games with the Torch, the student paper at St. John's, and um, I just decided that I wanted to try my own hand at it, and I was just brainstorming an idea to myself. What if I started a website that cover the Big East as a whole, and it's, it's a lot for one person to do, but maybe if we can take a different spin on it, and, um, you know, because you can go anywhere for recaps and stuff like that, what we try and do is we try and give editorials and take different angles to our stories that you might not be able to find anywhere else, and um, since since last year, we've done a really, really good job. We've, we covered the Big East tournament uh, this past March. Um, we are, you know, covering all St. John's games this season. 
And my right-hand man, Nick Bello, uh, has done a tremendous job uh, since he came aboard. He's the hardest-working guy I've met, uh, just with photos and stories and all that stuff. So me and him are working real hard at it. Uh, you know, our St. John's coverage is great. Uh, we try and give people an inside look and write some stuff, again, that you might not necessarily find anywhere else. So we're, we're, we're plugging away at it. Uh, we're definitely taking writers. Uh, we only have, you know, maybe three to four right now. Um, and me and Nick doing the heavy lifting. So we're definitely taking writers. Whoever wants to, you know, write about the Big East, St. John's, anything like that. We're just, uh, we're doing our thing. It's, it's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. College basketball, the Big East, nothing better. And I'm having a blast covering it for this website. And uh, I'm glad to see where it is today. But it, it, it can get bigger. No doubt about it. Definitely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you talk about Nick. We had him on a couple weeks ago. He is he is one of the hardest working guy, guys I know. Pretty young too, so he's got he's definitely got a bright future. He does a great job for you guys with the photos and with the writing, as well. Um, let's talk a little bit about St. John's though, as a whole this season. It's a nine and zero record for St. John's. It's their best start in you know two decades or whatever, three decades or whatever. Um, but it's a 9-0 that I think has, I, all fans would agree has been a very frustrating 9-0 at times in some games that have been a little closer than they should have been. Uh, this team, I said in my open, they've had some stretches where they look like a top you know, 15 team, and then they have some stretches where they look like the team of the last couple of years past. So, you know, with this community being New York, you always kind of have to have that hot take, that strong opinion uh, one way or the other. So which way are you kind of leaning, uh, you know, with this team 9-0? Are you feeling confident or are you feeling like they don't look too great or, you know, you expecting them to look better? I think it all depends on which team we see, like you said. I think the big thing for St. John's is consistency, uh, which they haven't really had yet. They, they had a game against Mount St. Mary's where they kind of just slept, walked through it, and barely beat a team that's now 0-8. Um, they, they've played... They had. They definitely haven't played their best. And I think they definitely have to continue to strive to be more consistent. They have the talent. There's no doubt about it. And you know, there's been a few excuses I've heard. Oh, there's two new starting pieces and starting five, and and this and so on and so forth. I, I understand that. And they definitely had a softer schedule, which you know we can go back and forth saying whether it's a good or bad thing. Obviously, you like to have some challenges on there. Yeah. But for this team, they, they certainly don't look. They haven't looked comfortable at times, and I'm not sure why. They have. It looks like they have trouble settling in. Um, their three point defense continue to be a problem. They they have these spurts where they again like they look like a top fifteen team. They def and they have the talent to do so. But, again, they just haven't really shown it consistently for a full game effort. So I haven't seen enough yet to go either way. I'm kind of in the middle. I definitely think that the last game against Princeton made me believe that this team can compete. And uh, yeah, mainly because of how they played in the second half. They just have to be able to find that for 60 minutes. I'm not sure if it's, you know, they're playing down to their competition. I'm not sure if they're just trying to work everything out. And I think by scheduling that soccer schedule, maybe Chris Mullen knew that this team wasn't going to mesh right away. And he's giving these guys an opportunity to come together, work on communication, work on chemistry. You know, I'm not really sure. But I certainly think that it can go either way from here on in. We're really not going to know until they play Seton Hall on the 29th, a really good Pirates team in Jersey. Then they play Marquette on New Year's Day. 
So I think we're really not going to know until the level of play increases. I, I like what we see for the most part from Shamori Pons. Uh, he's he looks like probably the be- one of the league's best players, and I think he'll certainly give St. John's a fighting chance every night. Just a few things they have to work on, and we'll see. I mean, a lot a lot to see. I just think they need to sh- start sharing the ball better, and they need to certainly spread the ball around a little more to. Uh, have that consistency they're searching for yeah and you mentioned that that game you know we're coming off that game against princeton obviously well we'll get a little bit more in depth with that in a second but that game i just feel like it encapsulates you know kind of the way this entire season has been you look at that that first half not really playing any three-point defense at what's kind of become the norm now as usual um and then the second half you know just going on that run where it just looked like they were getting anything that they wanted to they were moving the ball so well they were engaged on defense which has been a problem especially against three-pointer and they you know that lead, lead ballooned up to 19 and then what happens you know in a span of two or three minutes the league's the lead is back down to eight and then you know it's a six-point game with you know three or four minutes left in that game I just feel like that kind of encapsulated how this season's gone where it's been moments where you're just saying wow this team can't be stopped on offense and this team is a defensive team when you see how athletic they are that really shows on the defensive end and then you know three minutes later you're seeing so much iso and so much you know the trouble switching and trouble closing out on three-point shooters and you know dumb fouls on the defensive end i I just feel like that was such an encapsulation of this season do you agree absolutely and i think again like we see the back and forth first half against princeton they had four assists as a team four assists (laughs) and they're very stagnant, very isolated. That's what gets St. John's in trouble. The second half, 10 assists. Mm-hmm. In the first half against Princeton, they, I believe, don't uh, hold this against me, but I believe Princeton shot like 52% from the three. Oh, yeah. In the second, in the second half, just 28%. Mm-hmm. So, to me, it, it's St. John's. It feels like when they want to show up, they show up. I also think it can't go unaddressed that they are playing out of position. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Heron's not a, not a guy that's been playing the four regularly. Clark's not a guy that's been playing the five regularly. Yeah. I wonder how much an impact that's having. So you have to take that into account. Katie's injury's definitely been a burden to this team. But, yeah, it's, it's just kind of how it's gone in a nutshell. Um, you know, some, I feel like one thing that's missing from last season is that intensity that they had um you know, if you bring it back to when they played Nebraska at Carnesecca Arena last season, mm-hmm. they blew. That's a good Nebraska team. They blew them off the court, mm-hmm. and you could just feel the energy from Carnesecca. You know, and and St. John's, they say they feed off the energy, and you just haven't felt that intensity yet this season. And again, it's probably something to do with the competition, but they should be, you know, putting the throttle down and putting some of these lesser teams away. So again, I, while I'm encouraged, I'm also again, uh, I'm I'm very reluctant to say anything just yet so yes i absolutely agree yeah and you know you mentioned that about the intensity not being there i said in my open i feel like now when you you're uh, you know you see the ap poll come out today there's nine unbeaten teams left in the country at, the, at this moment that, that we're taping this and um eight of them are ranked there's one team that's unbeaten right now not ranked and it's st john's i wonder if that's going to be the thing that kind of sparks this intensity and you know if chris mullen goes into the locker room you know before their next game and says to them hey 
you're the only unbeaten team that's not ranked right now and they use that as that fire to kind of you know show off a little bit in these next three games and then kind of use that as motivation against uh Seton Hall I'm hoping that that's kind of something that turns that happens in these next couple of games Absolutely, and I think you know what? I don't think they deserve to be ranked. Quite frankly, I think I think they're ranked number thirty. Yeah. Um, in the recent poll, I think that's about where they should be. A team that's ranked uh, doesn't beat. <clears throat> excuse me, doesn't beat Bowling Green by just four points exactly. at home. <laughs> doesn't beat Mount St. Mary's. I mean, that Mount St. Mary's game, they were within, Mount St. Mary's was in it the whole time. Yeah, they won 85-71, but again, should have never been that close. Mount St. Mary's has lost by more to way lesser opponents. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they haven't been able to dominate a team from start to finish like they should, and that's the difference. Yeah, they beat, they've won what's on their schedule, but they haven't they haven't looked great doing it, and the results really, you know, they don't look, it's not a good look for St. John's, mm-hmm. uh, quite frankly. So, out of the nine unbeaten teams, they're the one not ranked. Uh, I think they won't be ranked until Big East play. If they I knock agree. off Seton Hall on the 29th, then absolutely they'll be ranked. Seton Hall just beat Kentucky. That's a big win. Um, so, if St. John's can start Big East play strong, they'll absolutely be ranked, but they're, they're probably going to go 12 and 0 and still not be ranked, and deservingly so. They'll be knocking on the door, but they won't be ranked. I agree, I agree. And what's funny is, is uh, in my open, I, I agreed with everything that you said, actually, and I mentioned, you know, the exact examples that you gave. You know, and, and a top 25 team doesn't, you know, only beat Bowling Green by four, doesn't let Mount St. Mary's hang around, doesn't, you know, let this big lead against Princeton uh, whittle away in, in two or three minutes. And I think, like you said, we're kind of still seeing this team grow. Maybe it is a little bit playing down to your opponents, but we'll have to see, um, you know, how they look in these next three games. And then, like you said, on December 29th in the Prudential Center against Seton Hall. Uh, I want to talk a little bit now about some of these players' performances yesterday. Shimori Pons, 11 of 18 from the field. Uh, you look at his numbers this season. The efficiency was the big thing, obviously, last year. Uh, didn't really have a great shooting season despite the 21 points per game. This season, he's, he's shooting 54% from the field and 35% from three. The assist numbers are up. The steals are up. What can you say about Shamori Pons? I think really we're seeing the benefit that Shamori has of having a supporting cast that can really get their own shots where he doesn't have to do it all on his own. Uh, you know, what can you say about Shamori Pons right now? Well, it sounds like he's listening to those NBA scouts as well. That, <laughs> exactly. That want, to, that want to see him uh, improve in certain areas. There was a few areas where he needed to improve. Uh, defensively, he needed to be a bit better. Three-point uh, percentages need to be a bit better. And they want he needed to be more of a playmaker. Um, last season, he wasn't really able to be as much of a playmaker because, again, the, the talent wasn't necessarily as good as it was this season. But in those three areas where he was lacking, he's improved tremendously. Uh, I, I say this about Shamori Pons. He is a complete player. Uh, he, I say over and over again, I do not know uh, how you can say he is not a first-round talent. He is a high-end first-round talent, mm-hmm. and he proves it day in and day out. He has been great defensively. He has been great. Uh, again, you said he's been efficient. I almost say, like, when they play a lesser opponent, he tries a little too much to get his teammates involved. I agree. Like, yeah. Against Mount St. Mary's, I don't know how much points he had. I don't even know. He might have just cracked double digits, mm-hmm. but he just... 
he's definitely emphasizing trying to get everyone involved. And he's definitely realizing that he has to be the complete player, not only to improve his draft status, but to make St. John's a better team. And that's the luxury. St. John's has all these new pieces. LJ Figueroa, um, you know, the addition of him, he's averaging 15.3 points per game. Yeah. Uh, that's, and, you know, Mustafa Heron, he's averaging 16.2 points a game. Those guys weren't there last year. You have the option to dish to those guys. It makes him, Pons, look better. And it also makes him a better player, like you said, with that supporting cast. So he's definitely taken his, um, he's definitely taken his weaknesses and, and he has worked on them and he is an all around great player. And I, I looked at this and I totally agree with it. Most of the time, the team with the best player on the floor is going to win the game. There's not many players in the country better than Shamoy Ponce. Mm. And I think that gives St. John's the biggest advantage out of anything every time they take the court. And that's just huge going forward. And as long as he stays healthy, St. John's can, and he plays like this, you know, St. John's definitely going to make some noise. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I want to hit on one more player before I let you go. Uh, Marvin Clark, we talked about him, you know, playing out of position, playing the five when he's clearly not a five at, a, you know, six, seven. Had a string of really t- uh, tough games without CD Keita, uh, you know, especially tough shooting games, I would say. But these last two games now, 12 of 17 from the field, uh, 5 of 8 from three-point range. He's got 34 points in the last two games. Uh, I think it's encouraging to at least see Marvin Clark playing a lot better now uh, in these last two games. You know, you have to take the opponents into consideration at least a little bit. But, you know, seeing Marvin Clark kind of get off the schneid a little bit, that's got to be encouraging for this team going forward. You know, when you don't exactly know when CDK is going to be coming back, Clark might be playing out of position for a little bit longer. So it has to be a little bit of an encouragement that he's looking better and maybe a little bit more comfortable in this role that he obviously is not supposed to be playing in. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, again, yeah, those first few games were a struggle for him. I, I think that can absolutely uh, be related to him adapting to playing a completely new position, playing five. Um, yeah, he's he's six seven. Certainly there's a lot of guys that are bigger than him. But St. John's, in Kata's absence, has not really been out-rebounded that much. Their mm-hmm. rebounding numbers really aren't struggling. He's done a great job in his absence. I know he's, his offensive numbers have sagged a little bit. Uh, in certain games, he's starting to pick it up again. But he's really doing a great job battling underneath. I, I was up close and personal uh, at the Princeton game, and I got to see how he was competing under the rim. He really just competes his tail off. Uh, he was phenomenal. Um, you have to give it to him there. He's he's working hard, and that's just it defines leadership for him to take that role and really run with it. And I think it was he's got a great three point shot. He led the team last season in three point percentage. So it was a matter of time, I think, before he got going again. Mm-hmm. So he, I I definitely think that's great for St. John's. That was something they were missing. And Marvin Clark's arguably one of the biggest pieces on this team. His leadership, his um, his versatility. His ability to shoot, his ability to drive, he really can do it all. And I think the better he is, the better the team is, obviously. Mm-hmm. I agree completely with that. You know, um, Let's have you talk one more time. Uh, where can people find you? You've been gracious with your time tonight. It's a little bit of uh, a late night here. Uh, where can people find you on social media? How can they reach out to you uh, if they want to join the team over at, at a Big East Basketball Breakdown? <laughs> 
absolutely. Um, so you can find me on Twitter at KavanaughSJU. Uh, no U in the Kavanaugh. So C-A-V-A-N-A-G-H-S-J-U. So you can hit me up there. My DMs are open. Um, you can also send me an email. If you check out our website, BigEastBasketballBreakdown.com, you click the right thrust tab. You can find my email is posted there as well. You can shoot me an email. I'm always checking that. Um, and just if anyone's interested, yes, just let me know. We are actively taking people and uh, looking to start up a few new projects. So the more hands on deck, the better. Um, so yeah, that's uh, definitely on Twitter though. I'm always on Twitter, um, talking St. John's Big East basketball. So that would be the place to find me. Awesome, man. Well, we thank you for coming on tonight. Uh, you know, you're you're part of this team now of a, of a couple of uh, younger writers that we have that are coming on the show. So I appreciate you joining our team here at the Seeing Red podcast. We'll definitely have you on again. Maybe we'll have you and, uh, and Nick Bello on as like a, like a Big East basketball <laughs> team, you know, or something like that uh, going forward. But uh, yeah, thank you, man, and we'll definitely talk to you again in the future. I look forward to it. Thanks so much, Troy. All right, have a good night, man. All right, we want to thank John Cavanaugh for coming on there from Big East BasketballBreakdown.com. Check them out if you haven't already. Hit him up if you're interested in joining their team. But we want to thank John for joining our team there for a couple minutes. We hope you guys enjoyed our little breakdown there of the season as a whole, the last couple of games here, the last couple of the last week, at least in St. John's basketball. John did a, a great job there, and he's doing a great job with the Big East Basketball Breakdown website, him and uh, Nick Bello, recurring guest as well. Uh, they do a great job over there and uh, you know hit them up for sure if you're looking to get some experience writing about Big East basketball or St. John's basketball to uh, to close out the episode I just want to really quickly want to hit on some Big East storylines of the weekend um, it's funny to me because I always find it hard and I'm not sure how you guys feel about this but I, I, I find it hard to actively root for Big East schools, even in non-conference play, when I know I should be rooting for them. It's just so hard for me to root for Seton Hall or Villanova. I, I hate even saying it, but it is good for the conference. And we saw this weekend, uh, you know, the kind of threat that the Big East can be, namely Seton Hall at the Garden, knocking off Kentucky in a game that frankly shouldn't have gone to overtime uh, with the way that Miles Powell was playing in that game. And... You know, the way that they played defense on that buzzer beater from uh, Kentucky, certainly some suspect defense from them, but they do get the win. Uh, Miles Powell, what do you have, 28, I think. He, he's a beast, this kid, and uh, he, it's going to be really, really fun to see him and Shamori Pons go at it on December 29th. I feel like we're hyping that game up so much on December 29th against Seton Hall in the Big East opener, but we saw, you know, Seton Hall is one of a few teams that had a nice win this weekend in the Big East, but they are obviously the big one knocking off Kentucky, who I don't know why Kentucky is still ranked. You know, Kentucky, I don't even, I couldn't tell. Who's Kentucky's most impressive win against right now? Does anyone have one off the top of their head? Because I don't, but they're still ranked for some reason. Um, but Hall did a nice job in that game. 
And Hall showed you that they're not going to be an easy out, you know, especially on the road in that opener. But I think for any team in the Big East, Seton Hall's not going to be an easy out. Uh, we're seeing Villanova already kind of creeping back in. It's like, you know, you can't get rid of them. They're definitely not the dominant team that they have been in years past, but they're already back up to number 17 now after falling out of the top 25 a couple weeks ago. Villanova is always going to be there. And uh, Marquette entered the top 25 at number 21 after they knocked off uh, Wisconsin over the weekend, number 12 Wisconsin over the weekend. You know, it's just funny to me to see, and as I said, I have such trouble rooting for these teams, but it's funny to see people right off the Big East after like five games of play, you know, and saying how terrible the Big East is going to be after two weeks of basketball. The Big East will be fine. The Big East will get its usual, maybe not you know six or seven teams in, but the Big East will get four or five, and we'll have four or five or six teams competing for spots in the NCAA tournament. The Big East is always going to be competitive, as it usually is. The Big East is going to have those two or three teams at the top that can make a run in the NCAA tournament. We hope St. John's is one of them. The Big East will be fine. So... Let this be a lesson to St. John's fans who we totally don't overreact ever as St. John's fans. Let's not overreact. The Big East is going to be fine. It looked good this weekend. I know they had a couple losses. Georgetown fell off against Syracuse in a tough game there. But, um, you know, let's not sweat it. The Big East is going to be fine. And they showed it this weekend. But, yeah, that just about uh, wraps up our show. We thank you guys for listening. If you made it all the way through uh to preview next week it's going to be another light week unfortunately uh with only one game I th- i'm guessing it's finals week for st john's because they have the whole week off uh before they play next uh sunday so we're going to try to do something a little different we're going to try to do set up some uh, cool interviews for you guys next week uh a, a loyal listener and a good friend of mine who uh, is going to remain nameless but he uh he kind of tipped me off to a very good idea that we're going to try to work on for next week. I'm not going to give it away until we actually try to set something up, but it is going to be a little bit of a uh, blast from the past. If uh, you guys want a hint, we're going to try to do something with that. So that'll be next week. Hopefully we can get something going with that with only one game. Um, And just to update you guys, I have reached out to the uh, St. John's Athletics Department about potentially having some players or or coaches on. Uh, Still working on that, nothing guaranteed, but I did want to just let you guys know that I did try. So the ball is in their court now. I I doubt that we'll actually get someone on, but I owed it to myself and I owed it to you guys to at least give it a chance. So maybe... You know, I wouldn't. I would put the odds at more than you know, fifteen or maybe twenty percent that we actually get someone on. But who knows? Maybe one day we will have a current uh, St. John's player or coach on this podcast going forward. But yeah, look forward for the, that next week with a little blast from the past. Hopefully, we can get it done. Uh, I will obviously let you guys know on Twitter uh, the special guest or guests next week if we do get it done but thank you guys for listening today i hope you guys enjoyed it i know it's a slow week uh this might have been a little bit much to get through me kind of rambling on a little bit so thank you guys for getting through it if you did uh happy holidays to all happy hanukkah to those who celebrated merry christmas to those who are getting ready to celebrate that and i hope everyone has a good week for those students i hope you all have a good finals week with that winding down with school winding down And uh, we will be back next week with another edition of the Seeing Red podcast. 
Until then, I'm Troy Moriello. Hit me up on Twitter at Troy Moriello, T-R-O-Y-M-A-U-R-I-E-L-L-O. And I will see you guys next week. Let's go, Johnnies.